Hello from the East Coast to the West Coast and to listeners around the world. Welcome to the Truth Seekers radio show. I'm your host, Angeline Marie. Thanks for taking the time to join us today. We're broadcasting on Liberty Works Radio Network at libertyworksradionetwork.com and their affiliate stations. Also, don't forget, you can always learn more about our show and find podcasts posted at truthseekersradioshow.com. Today, my guest is Dr. Elena George, and we're going to discuss the realities and effects of Obamacare since its implementation. Dr. Elena George is a board-certified otolaryngologist. She has been published in several scientific journals, and she's presented her research at national meetings. She's a solo practitioner in private practice. She has a unique perspective on the problems of healthcare delivery and the true cost of healthcare and viable solutions. Dr. George's interest in the politics of healthcare and the reform effort have led her to become a powerful voice for the practicing physician as well as an advocate for the patients. Dr. George has been a guest on several radio shows, and she even hosts her own show called Medicine on Call. It's a weekly talk show that explores health issues and the politics of medicine. And if you will help me, please welcome Dr. Elena George. How are you doing today, Dr. George? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on. And thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Last time we spoke, Obamacare had been in it had been voted in as law but it hadn't really taken effect yet and so we were talking about what we thought where it would go so now what i want to talk about is let's start at the beginning with the basics now it's in effect people are really starting to see the re- the real reality of the situation so what are the real insurance options at this point in time for patients um since it's passed I think there's like this fear. People feel like they have to sign up for Obamacare and and that it's something they're being forced into. So I guess my first question, is this true or are there any other options for people? No, it's not true. Um, There are options out there. And one of the most, I think, user-friendly and um, easily accessible one is medical cost sharing. Um, That is a very tried and true method. It started off initially with uh, small churches, small groups, consortium of churches that joined together to share their medical expenses. And it's now morphed into um, a viable third pathway that actually is allowed under the Affordable Care Act. That should be very clear to the listeners that it's actually a loophole within the bill. Actually, not a loophole. It's written into the bill, I should say. Apologize. Mm -hmm. Um, That if you are, uh, starts off as a uh, religious-based organization where all the members are joined together and share their resources, that that is allowed as a separate entity that can um, grandfather out of Obamacare. There's a company called Liberty HealthShare, which took that and ran with it. And their policy is to allow anybody who's liberty-minded to become a member, which means you don't have to belong to a church, you don't have to have a letter from a, from a pastor, you can be in a uh, civil union or a partnership, and that's commi- that's considered to be a couple. Um, it covers alternative me- uh, treatments of medicine, like acupuncture, Reiki therapy, complementary medicine, which is very unusual. Um, so there's a lot of ways that it, it tries to help somebody without being non-exclusive, you know, in- 
exclusive. It's inclusive, which I really love about that. Mm-hmm. And the, the key to a medical cost sharing is it's not insurance. That's what makes it wonderful. Insurance at this point is all about what you cannot have. It's regulated. There are so many bells and whistles and hoops to jump through, whether you're a doctor or a patient, that it's now become prohibitive to actually providing and getting care. And all they do is come up with more rules and regulations. And initially, I think I told you I would never accept Obamacare, and I haven't. And some people who have slipped through because we didn't know what it was called, we had the same thing happen to us, where we would talk to the insurance company, ask for approval to do something, get the approval by pre-certification, do whatever we needed to do, and then we'd get a letter stating that it wasn't medically necessary or it wasn't covered. And it, the hook the patient was on the hook for the bill. That happened three times, and mm-hmm. I really doubled down on not taking any more of that type of insurance. And I'm not alone. There are doctors who did not pay attention, who saw dozens, if not hundreds of pe- people and will never be paid because it's a scam. I mean, this is not about health care. I told you that ages ago. It's about control. And it's whoever holds the pocketbook and the purse strings controls the access Medical cost sharing lets that person be you. That lets it be the the patient. There is no government mandates. You don't have to cover abortion if you don't want to to pay for it. You don't have to. If you want to pay for it, then it's on you, and you should cover whatever you need from that standpoint. But if you are in a medical emergency or you need medical care that's routine, there's no gatekeeping going on. So if you need to have a sinus sinuses surgery done, if you have to have a hip replacement, if you have cancer and you need to have um, a transplant, it is actually covered under their services. They won't do cosmetic, they won't do cosmetic dentistry, which is appropriate, but they will cover if you have to get a root canal, if you need your teeth pulled, if you need um, prescriptions. So this is really what insurance is supposed to do, cover things that are necessary, not things that you want, things that you need, and do it in a cost-effective manner. And when they say that they're nonprofit, they mean it. So instead of having jets and, you know, palaces that are their he- corporate headquarters, mm-hmm. they take their excess and they put it into a pot. And I spoke with the executive director because I get asked this question. And actually, I wanted to join, and I actually did, and I wanted to know what their, their financial health was. And he told me that per individual member who joins, they pay out $170 on average, but they take in $240 on average per individual member. That means they're already running at a positive balance. And they put that extra into an aside, into an escrow, to be used for medical care. And I don't think any insurance company really can say that. If you take in 60 and you pay out 40, or you take in 70%, you pay out 30, that's a win. And that's a win for the members of this organization. So I took the, the step, the leap, because I knew... I know what the system's like, and I have no interest in being a victim. So I decided I wanted to become a member, full disclosure, because I understand and I want to be a partner in my health and I want to take control. And I thought this was extremely cost-effective. I joined at the most um, expensive version of it, $199 per month, and that covers me at a million dollars per occurrence per year, which sounds amazing, mm-hmm. and it's true. And I only have to pay a maximum of $500 out of pocket per year. That trumps anything that any commercial insurance company or the government can come up with. And I can see any doctor. I can go to any hospital. There's no panels. There's no gatekeeping. 
And that's what medicine is supposed to be. It's free market. I decide who I want to go to because I feel comfortable or they treat me well or they have a service that I want. If I want to have energy medicine or any kind of acupuncture done, then they're not going to deny me. That's the key. All right. Mm-hmm. And if people knew that and they knew that they didn't have to pay, you know, $2,000 a month in deductible or more, or more. I have people coming in with deductibles of uh, 10000 these days and they can actually afford to go to the doctor. They'd be amazed. And to to be, you know, to go further, I not only joined as a member, but I put my company on it. So my employees now, I am now able to cover them and give them health care. It's allowed, and I don't, they don't have to be in some exchange, and I get to write it off as a as, uh, cost of doing business. So now they can afford to go to the doctor. And we added AFLAC, which is a supplemental insurance. So now we actually get paid to go to the doctor. If you need a colonoscopy, if you need a mammogram, wellness checks, you're actually going to get money back. That is a strategy that nobody ever talks about. They talk about all the drama of, you know, getting covered by insurance, being denied. I mean, it's just a whole other ballgame when you have peace of mind, knowing that you can afford the premium, and that's really the most expensive. The cheapest is $125 a month, and it covers you at 70% for up to $125,000 per year, and you'll have to pay 30% of the bill but it's all discounted, so it's pre-negotiated for you. So you're not paying full rate. I, sh- I forgot to say that. So the cost of the health care to the patient is reasonable. The cost to the doctor and, and the provider is reasonable. Right now, if I took Medicaid, I'd get $0.18 cents on a dollar. That's I can't stay open. But under this system, they'll pay me 160% of Medicare rate. That's their rate. That's amazing. I haven't seen that since I opened practice. Mm-hmm. So... If I can afford to stay open and do the procedures that I train to do, then I'd be, and I am, happy to see these patients. And I think if every doctor knew about this and started taking this, we could actually break Obamacare, which is my goal, because it's not about health care. It's not about the Hippocratic Oath. It's about controlling you and putting you in a position where they're bankrupting you. It's a, it's a transition of wealth from the middle class to the government in the form of subsidies that have to be paid back, in the form of crazy deductibles that you can't afford, and premiums that, that you have to decide if you're going to eat or you're going to pay your health insurance. That's not an acceptable choice, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dr. George, what was the name of that plan again? It's called Liberty Health Share. Okay. Um, and the company is online. If you go to libertyoncall.com, mm-hmm. or sorry, .org, then you'll be able to actually read about it, call them, ask them. I mean, this is, don't listen to what I say. Go and actually look it up. But but I can tell you that I've accessed it. I've had patients to come to see me. I got paid an appropriate amount of of money in a timely manner without fighting with insurance companies. And it's a whole different pathway that works. All right, Dr. George, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. Listeners, today my guest is Dr. Elena George. We're discussing the realities and effects of Obamacare, and we'll be back momentarily on the Truth Seekers radio show.
For thousands of years, people from the Brazilian rainforest have used the acai berry for its amazing health benefits. Now we've learned it's also an amazing weight loss supplement. If you're looking to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds or more, then the Ultimate Asahi Diet may be your solution. The Ultimate Asahi Diet is loaded with pure organic Asahi extract powder and other great herbs like hudia and green tea. You'll burn fat, control your appetite, and get an energy surge like you've never felt before. If you want to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds, order the Ultimate Asahi Diet right now. We'll even give you a free bottle when you order two, plus give you free shipping. Call 800-430-4147, When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-948-6817. 800-948-6817. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-948-6817. 800-948-6817. Welcome back. You're listening to the True Seekers Radio Show. Today, my guest is Dr. Elena George, and we're discussing the realities and effects of Obamacare since its implementation. So, Dr. George, in your opinion, what, and and we probably covered this in the first program, but for the listeners that didn't hear that one, in your opinion, what was the real reason for this hard push for the Affordable Health Care Act? Was it true? I mean, it was sold to us as those people who don't have insurance are going to get insurance. What is the real reason, in your opinion? Well, if you think about how much money is in the health care system, a sixth of the economy is, um, is run through the health care system. You know, whether that be pharmaceutical industry, hospitalization, Medicaid, Medicare, there's a lot of money in this system. And the commercial insurance companies, you know, basically were running it. We're now having a change where the government now is running it through Obamacare. So everything that runs through the exchange has to funnel through basically um, HHS. They get to decide based on this this law what constitutes health care, how long it should take you to get better, what medications you should be prescribed if you have a certain condition. It's now come down to a point where if the hospitals admit somebody, if they readmit the patient with the same diagnosis under the system, they won't be paid. So they're, they're having now a pressure to get you out as fast as possible and not let you back in because they won't get paid. And now we have these accountable care organizations and medical homes and meaningful use, all these nice little acronyms and wonderful-sounding names, but what they really boil down to is pressure that, that makes 
the medical system work against the interests of the patient. I know that sounds really bad to say, but I'm going to break it down and you'll understand what I mean. This is a capitation system. Remember back in 1990, 1980s, late 80s, they had HMOs and, and capitation where you went to your primary care and they did everything and they would never refer you out to a specialist. Right. Well, what happened was they all got money at the beginning of the year and they had to work off of that money. And every time they ordered a test, every time they sent you to a specialist, every time they actually did something, they had to pay for it out of that pot. It is the same setup under Obamacare, and it's called an accountable care organization. And that accountable care organization now is not just the doctor, but it's the hospital, the providers and the doctors that are within that pod of that hospital. So if you get sent to an outpatient you know, family practice doctor who's on staff at the hospital, everything that outpatient doctor does is coming out of that pot as well. So they're, you know, they want to treat you by internet, by remote. If they don't have to have you come in and actually use any resources, they want that. But to me, that's what the people who need you most, the sickest patients, will be on the hook in this kind of system. They don't want to readmit you. They don't want you to come to the office. They want to try to do as much as they can as an outpatient and hopefully from a telephone. And people need to have hands-on services. I mean, if you have a diabetes or a medical problem like bad heart or congestive heart failure or lung issues, you can't be managed all the time by phone. You need to come in, and you may need to be admitted, and the onus is on the doctor in the hospital because of fiduciary responsibility. It's all about money now. It's not about health care. They want to keep the bottom line in the black, and they'll do whatever they need to. That means if you need to go to a hospice, then so be it, because they're not going to do, you know, use heroic measures to, to save you because you're going to cost too much money. And I think if people have been seeing this, the rhetoric on TV, end of life, you know, all the costs at end of life decisions that are made to try to help somebody, they're, they're telegraphing what they think about the seniors. If you have a lot of medical problems, oh, well, then you need to go to a hospice because you cost too much and you're not worth it. That's what they're saying underneath everything. And they're asking doctors to be a partner. Or, I mean, not even asking, forcing doctors to be a partner in this. And my take on this, if you actually read The Complete Live System, which is a treatise written by Ezekiel Emanuel about his view of how healthcare should work, he told you what he wanted to do. All resources, or most resources, should be spent between the ages, I believe, of 16 and about 45. If you're outside those those age parameters, then you should get less care because you're less viable and you're less productive. So as soon as they take the seniors out, they're coming for the young neonatal, the children born with many medical problems, then they're going to get their access cut too because they cost a lot of money in this system. And you're a cost center. And if you Google Donald Berwick, that was one of his, his speeches on what he, how he loved the United Kingdom um, National Health Service. And he uses the word cost center. And you shouldn't spend a lot of money because it's all about maintaining cost control. And you shouldn't spend money on big cancer drugs that cost a lot of money just to give someone an extra few days because it's too expensive. That sounds wonderful as long as you're healthy, but what if you're not? You know, that's, that's what it comes down to. Someone's deciding who lives and who dies. And under the Obamacare system, that's the model. They use the national health system as their model. And this is a global system. This is, this is by the World Health Organization. This is about single payer and about making this socialized medicine. And they've changed a fee-for-service system 
and they're in the process of changing it to a single-payer system. That's where I think it's going. Dr. George, isn't it true that since Obamacare has taken effect also, they've started to ask patients a lot of personal questions oh. that actually have nothing at all to do with their health? Is this true? And, and if it is, why are they doing this? That's an excellent question. That's one of those wonderful-sounding terms. It's called meaningful use. And in the electronic medical record system, they shoved down everybody's throats, saying how fabulous it was and how we can share your information no matter where you are. What it really is is metadata gathering. So in meaningful use, they ask doctors to ask questions such as, have you ever tried to hurt yourself? Do you have a gun in your home? How many people live in your home? You know, these are questions as an ENT that I don't need to ask. Maybe if I were a psychiatrist, I might, but not as an ENT. So when they start looking at this, you have to understand it's not just these medical records are no longer just in the doctor's office. Back in the day when you had charts, unless someone could, you know, went into your office and broke in and looked at a chart, nobody saw what was in, written in them. Under this system, because it's Internet-based and cloud-based, it gets sifted through by whoever wants to or whoever has the access to it. And under the system, you know that HHS does. We know that the FBI does. We know that, um, uh, I guess, I don't know if other systems, I mean, Homeland Security probably, but I do know the FBI absolutely because of fraud. So if they're looking at people who are going for subsidies, they're looking at your tax returns. If you, you know, say that you made less than you actually made, then, you know, the IRS is involved and that's the FBI will get involved as well. So we've got all these alphabet agencies looking. And I remember doing writing about this and, you know, I like to think critically. So I know that in medical charts, you can have things and put people on medications for things that are not usually, you know, for the, for the diagnosis that you put in there. So, let, for example, if someone is, is trying to stop smoking, they can be prescribed an antidepressant that's called Wellbutrin, which is designed to help them stop craving it. But if somebody who's not a doctor and one of these agencies looks at it, they see you're on an antidepressant, they're going to think you have depression or anxiety or some, you're some sort of mental issue. And if you try to get a job for the government or maybe you want to get a legal handgun, who knows, that could follow you. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, nobody knows really what it meant. They just know that, hey, you're on this medication or, hey, you have this diagnosis. But it's not right, right? So you have a lot of people with access to information without really knowing or being able to understand exactly what the diagnosis is. That could be dangerous, all right? So that, that means the doctor-patient relationship is now open to speculation, right? You know, it's not like you can come to your doctor anymore and tell them everything because it's not private. And God forbid, we already saw in Blue Cross Blue Shield, they already got cyber attacked, and information from their, um, their popular patient population is now out and about. Well, that's privacy. What happened to HIPAA? Yeah, Blue Cross didn't get nailed for not protecting someone's health information, but I certainly could as a physician or a hospital if it happened to us. So it's a double standard to top it all off. It's just a mess, and it's all about access to information. They know how much you make. They know where you live. They know your bank account information. They know what medicines you're on and what your diagnosis is. That's way too much information for anybody but you and your doctor to have. Okay, Dr. George, let's go ahead and take our second break. Listeners, today my guest is Dr. Elena George. We're discussing the realities and effects of Obamacare, and we'll be back momentarily 
on the Truth Seekers radio show. If you're struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? Fast Track Student Loans can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop collection calls, and stop seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and get your student loan payments down to as little as $25 a month based on what you can afford to pay. One quick 10-minute call could help you solve your student loan problems. So call right now. Not available in all states. Payments may vary based on income. 855-351-FAST. 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 855-351-3278. There are three letters in the alphabet that strike terror in most of us. These are the three letters you need to avoid at all costs. I-R-S. If the IRS is coming after you for $15,000 or more in back taxes, you don't want to fight them alone. You need the help of the tax resolution experts at U.S. Tax Relief. They've helped thousands of people like you eliminate up to 85% of their delinquent taxes. If you qualify, U.S. Tax Relief can settle your tax debts for less than you owe, remove penalties and interest, and protect you from bank levies and garnishments. If you owe the IRS at least $15,000 in back taxes, call U.S. Tax Relief now for a free consultation and see how much money they can save you. Call 800-989-1694. Welcome back. You're listening to the Truth Seekers Radio Show today. My guest is Dr. Elena George, and we're discussing the realities and effects of Obamacare since its implementation. And Dr. George, how has, since Obamacare has gone into effect, how has this had an effect on the patient-physician relationship, or has it? How have you seen this change? Well, I think there's been a paradigm shift. You know, if you look at the average doctor-patient relationship 15 years ago, 20 years ago, there was a doctor in a room and a patient in the room. There wasn't a computer. There wasn't an iPad. There wasn't uh, physician extenders like physician assistants and nurse practitioners who were mid-levels, who were on the front line. None of that was going on. You went in, you got to see your doctor for 20 minutes, half an hour, 45 minutes. This completely changed under the system. If you read the bill, they spend a lot of money, and there's a whole section of money that gets to go to education for, for the mid-level, uh, nurse practitioners, physician assistants, medical assistants, because they understand that with this system, it's not about the doctor-patient anymore. It's about the provider and the patient. That sounds okay until you really break it down. I mean, it took me 10 years to train to finish ENT, and a physician assistant takes two years. Nurse practitioner, I think, maybe four, perhaps. We train differently. So when there's a complication and a complicated issue, 
you can't cookbook certain things. You have to understand the physiology and how something unfolds. And under their system, it's all about conveyor belt. They have algorithms that are written in, treatment algorithms, what I mean. So if someone comes in with a sinus infection, they have to get a certain antibiotic. If that fails or they're allergic, they get another antibiotic. I don't see culture happening any, you know, there's no individualized care. It's, it's by the book. And so that means you can have anybody just read it, you know, pull it up on a computer and follow a little, um, you know, diagram to get to the end. And what happens when they're wrong? And I've seen that a lot now. Mm-hmm. So we now have a system where the frontline care is being given by the least experienced people. So I'm walking in the ERs now, I'm getting consults from physician assistants and nurse practitioners, and they're ordering all sorts of million-dollar workups because they don't understand how something, a disease process for, for my specialty works. And another thing that happens is hospital ERs don't have full coverage anymore. Because the hospitals have closed and, and they've now pac-manned and become big, huge institutions, they've put the community hospitals out of business. You've got less coverage with specialists in there, so people can come in, and they may not have a GYN person on on call to take care of you, or ENT, so they just shove you in an ambulance or fly you out to another institution that may be half an hour, 40 minutes away. I mean, the cost of health care is rising because they don't have proper coverage, and it costs everybody more money, more CT scans you don't need, more procedures that you actually don't need, you know, and longer wait times, which actually, in some instances, can kill people. And it's all about the money now. The hospitals have figured out, we have to have a certain amount of people come through here. We don't want any competition. We're either going to buy you out and make you a bigger part of the system or just put you out of business. And every time a hospital takes out competition, the price for their services go up because there is no competition anymore. So most people think that you know, healthcare is expensive. Let me tell you, it's not the doctors who hang out the shingles that are costing the money. It's the doctors who are on staff at the major hospitals who are employees or the hospitals that are costing. So, for example, I can take a patient up to a surgery center and get, who get them a 70% discount. And if I walk into the major hospital in my city, it costs me seven, or no, sorry, not me, but the patient, $7,000 just to walk into the OR just for the OR. Then you add on anesthesia, the medications, the supplies, and you're coming out of that hospital $30,000 for a 20-minute case when you could do it in an outpatient center for a couple thousand. I mean, this is, this is reality. So these hospitals are making buku money. They've got no competition. They're double-dipping because they claim that they're always destitute, so they get you know, money from the government for helping um, people who without, without means but they also charge people, you know, triple and ten times what they want to charge for things. There's not even bill. They, they can't even tell you how much something costs because they kind of make it up as they go along. And there's no reining in of this under Obamacare. They just get free reign. But doctors who are actually doing care are looking over their shoulder to find out when Medicare is going to come for them for underbilling somebody. It's a system that's not, it just, it's not fair, and it certainly doesn't work well. Well, I've noticed, too, when when I've been to the doctor lately, it's like they're always trying to upsell you on, oh, do you need this vaccine or do you want this test? And it has nothing to do with why you went in, but it just seems like they're trying to sell you all the time. 
Is this a private doctor that's independent or is it part of one of those healthcare groups? There you go. Right. There you go. So it's, it's, again, not about you as an individual, what you need. And there's no attention to, hey, you know, you have an out-of-pocket deductible. Let's see if we can do something that's more cost-effective so we don't engage it. That's not what they're about. They need to make the money to stay open. And it's tragic. And we've been told over and over again that insurance is the panacea. You have insurance. If you don't have insurance, you're going to die is what the marketing has been. And it's actually the opposite. It's cheaper. Sounds strange. (laughs) Call me up if you want to find out more information. But it's strange to say this, but it's true. It's cheaper to access health care without using an insurance card than it is to use insurance. Oh, yeah. A couple of years ago, I didn't have insurance, and I went in, and I told them I don't have insurance, and it was cheaper for me to just pay out of my pocket. Than, and even one test they did for free when I told them I didn't have insurance. So it, it is a racket. Now, Absolutely. Dr. George, do you find that a lot of other physicians feel like you do about Obamacare, or do you sometimes feel like you might be a rare voice among your colleagues? No, I think there's a two-tier system that's come online, and I think there are two sets of doctors that are that are fueling this system. You know, those that are three. There's a, some that have already left the profession. They saw it coming. They weren't ever going to do it, and they're gone. The ones that are close to retirement who are just biding their time to they're out, ones that are afraid of losing, you know, not being able to practice medicine and they're just living in fear and they join these health partnerships or become employees just to get a paycheck. I think they're finding now that they have so little autonomy that they have no choice in how they treat their patients, that they've become agents for the government. And it sounds, again, what I'm saying sounds really outrageous probably to some people, but let me give you an example of the electronic medical record system I just told you about with the med- meaningful use. You cannot close an electronic chart until and unless you answer those questions. So you can't just bypass it. So most people go, okay, don't answer it. Well, no, you can't close the chart. You can't, can't close the chart. You can't go to the next patient. So they have this thing built in that you have to dot an I, cross a T, and do what you're told. Otherwise, you can't be functional. That's the one side. The other side are doctors like myself who love what they do, who practice the Hippocratic Oath, and that that is our mantra. We don't care what anybody says. It's about do no harm and be your patient advocate. And those doctors like myself are leaving that system of, that rigid system of insurance-based care, working for somebody else, and we're doing direct pay practices. That's the future, actually, where... They're subscription-based where you can pay, like, $60 a month and get everything you need, vaccinations, medications, unlimited patient visits, discounted um, uh, drugs, all within the doctor's office. There's, they're all over. If you go to IWantDirectPay.com, I think there's a really good list of doctors and, and hospitals and freestanding facilities all over the country that you could access. You could also go to the um, AAPSonline.org, which is the American Association of Physicians and Surgeons, which is a consortium that counters the AMA. So these are doctors who are all independent, patient advocates, patient-centered, and will never fall in line with this. So there's plenty of choice out there. Another example is um, the Surgery Center of Oklahoma, 
where you can go to their website and see everything that they do. Every surgery that they perform is listed, the price, online. And that includes anesthesia, pre-op, post-op, all care, and it's a fraction of what it costs to go to the hospital. And the power of going to places like this is it puts pressure on the system. Apparently in Oklahoma, the hospital there that, that is in the sphere of the surgery center has dropped its prices because people can go and say, hey, I saw this price at this, can you meet it? And if they want to keep the business, they have to drop their price. So the power of the purse is amazing. We don't have to settle for Obamacare. It will actually improve care, improve access if people decide to step away from the table, all right? Withdraw your consent. If you do nothing, they'll railroad everybody. They will remove doctors like myself, and you'll be stuck in a system where all they care about is getting you out, not, not having you come in. When you finally do get sick, they want to put you in a hospice. And, you know, I had this tagline, one-way ticket to a hospice. And that's what Obamacare really is. I'm not interested in being, you know, 60 years old, needing a hip replacement, ending up in a hospice. And that's happening now. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying things that haven't happened. I actually have a friend whose dad had a heart attack. He was 52 years old. He survived the heart attack. He got into the ICU. He had Obamacare, and as soon as he was stabilized, barely, they tried to move him to another hospital. He unfortunately had a little bit of a complication, and he couldn't get off the vent. So instead of calling an ENT consult to do a tracheostomy, they decided to just take him off the vent. But his lungs were so weak that he couldn't survive it. You know, put a feeding tube in the gentleman instead of, you know, they never, never gave him the option of getting his legs under him, and he ended up passing away from pneumonia. That's the system that, that happens now. You don't call a proper consult. You try to get them out of the hospital as fast as possible, whether they're ready to go or not. They talked about hospice for him, and they probably if he needed to go to rehab, but they didn't want to do that. I mean, this is a system. It's awful. All right, Dr. George, let's take our last break. Listeners, today my guest is Dr. Elena George, and we're discussing the realities and effects of Obamacare since its implementation on the Truth Seekers radio show. For thousands of years, People from the Brazilian rainforest have used the Asahi berry for its amazing health benefits. Now we've learned it's also an amazing weight loss supplement. If you're looking to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds or more, then the Ultimate Asahi Diet may be your solution. The Ultimate Asahi Diet is loaded with pure organic Asahi extract powder and other great herbs like hudia and green tea. You'll burn fat, control your appetite, and get an energy surge like you've never felt before. If you want to lose 10, 20, maybe even 50 pounds, order the Ultimate Asahi Diet right now. We'll even give you a free bottle when you order two, plus give you free shipping. Call 800-430-4147, There are three letters in the alphabet that strike terror in most of us. These are the three letters you need to avoid at all costs. I-R-S. If the IRS is coming after you for $15,000 or more in back taxes, you don't want to fight them alone. 
You need the help of the tax resolution experts at U.S. Tax Relief. They've helped thousands of people like you eliminate up to 85% of their delinquent taxes. If you qualify, U.S. Tax Relief can settle your tax debts for less than you owe, remove penalties and interest, and protect you from bank levies and garnishments. If you owe the IRS at least $15,000 in back taxes, call U.S. Tax Relief now for a free consultation and see how much money they can save you. Call Welcome back. You're listening to the True Seekers Radio Show. Today, my guest is Dr. Elena George, and we're discussing the realities and effects of Obamacare since its implementation. Dr. George, do you have a website, or could you tell the listeners how they could find your radio show? You can uh, listen to me at Medicine on Call. It runs live on America's Web Radio at 9 in the morning on uh, Wednesday mornings. It's also syndicated on Liberty Talk FM on the weekends. And uh, I have a website, a blog, drelanageorge.com, D-R-E-L-A-I-N-A, George, like the man's name, .com. And um, for those who are interested in the Liberty Health Share, um, you can go to libertyoncall.org, and there's a telephone number as well, 1-800, uh, let's see if I can remember that, 800-714-6993. I think if you're in a position where you have huge deductibles or you really don't want to be in the system that we just discussed, that's your option. You know, just find out what's out there. Because I think if you want Obamacare, you sure, if you want it, then you should have it. But if you don't, you need to know that the, you don't have to be sucked into that system. Dr. George, what worries me is what you're doing, I think, is a great thing, you and other doctors like you. But what do you, th- I mean, you even said that Doctors like yourself that are private are now even able to compete and drive down prices Mm -hmm. of some of those involved that take uh, Obamacare. Mm -hmm. So what worries me is I think the government's going to catch on to this sooner or later, and I'm afraid that they may try to come up with ways to push or get private practitioners to comply with their rules, so to speak. Do you think this could happen and... Have you heard anything like this maybe in the works? Well, I think there's, there's one example in uh, Massachusetts, and that's the epicenter of Obamacare. It's where it's all started. And they started to tie licensure to um, people, doctors being able to practice and take their insurance. And that's a tragedy. I would hope that that can't happen. That'd be restriction of trade, and everybody would be up in arms. If you want to do it in your state, that's your business, but it, sure, it should not be a federal requirement that you take Medicaid, Medicare, or God forbid Obamacare in order to carry a license. They might try that, and I think doctors would be up in arms if they tried that. But on the flip side, they're doing it soft now, where they price you out or price you down so far that you can't stay open. Um, that's, in, that's been in the works, frankly. And it sounds, you know, people have some concept of doctors making millions of dollars. You know, that's Hollywood. You know, maybe if you're a plastic surgeon, but the average doctor is working 80 hours plus a week on call. I'm on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And 
money's not why I'm doing this. I don't. I love what I do. I was nothing else in my world in the world I'd ever want to do. But like everybody, I want to be paid an appropriate, fair fee for what I do, and I won't apologize for that any more than a teacher or an Indian chief or anybody else who's doing something that they love. No one wants to do it and be told what their worth is. What we need to do is get big corporate interests out of it. The middleman is what's causing the price of, of medicine to go up. Under Obamacare, for example, if you have a health savings account, you can't go and buy aspirin over the counter with it. You have to buy a brand name prescription drug. That's because the special interests wrote this bill. So, I mean, does that even make sense? If you want to buy vitamin E with your, with your own money, then you should be able to do it. No one should tell you you have to buy, buy Lavazza or some, you know, fake fish oil because a pharmaceutical company made it. And it's 10 million times more than it would cost you just to buy it at your local, you know, pharmacy. I mean, that's the deal that we're dealing with. I mean, look, follow the money. That's really what it comes down to. And remember who was sitting at the table. There were no doctors at this table. There were the AMA, the unions, the hospital corporation, the pharmaceutical industry, and the health insurance industry. Everybody in that table stood to gain. There were no independent doctors and no patients. That's what people should think about. And they should also think about the fact that Congress grandfathered themselves out of it. If it was so fabulous, then they should have been the first to sign up, as well as their aides, and they ran screaming from it. And it's more expensive than they thought it was going to be, more out-of-pocket costs than they said. They knew this, but they just lied and said it was going to be cost-effective and cheap. And for the privilege of covering maybe 11 million people, they destroyed an entire healthcare system, and no one wants to stand up and take responsibility for it. And most of those 11 million people, if you really think about it, had insurance that they actually liked. But because all of the mandates, they got thrown off of their insurance, and now they have to pay double and triple what they cost. I had a patient come in and tell me that her premium is more than her, um, than her mortgage. That's ridiculous. And that covers what? She can't even afford to come to the doctor now. Is that right? I mean, I mean, the people who are talking have no idea what they're talking about. It's just, you know, pronouncements as if they care. They could care less. They're not taking Obamacare. If I see one Hollywood type telling me that I should take Obamacare, how fabulous it is, my first question is, when are you going to get rid of your private physician and enter the system? <laughs> you know, really? <laughs> you know, Dr. George, a lot of conservatives feel that just because now we have this majority in Congress that they're somehow going to overturn this whole Obamacare. And honestly, I've, I've never believed this for a second. Do I wish it could happen? Yes. But honestly, I don't think it will happen. What's your feeling on that? Do you think there's any possible way? I almost feel like you know, they've spent so much time and energy because I remember when they were trying to get everybody on board with the medical records and the ICD, mm-hmm. whatever it is, 11, 10, oh, yeah, 11, and then that. meaningful oh, yeah. use. And I just can't see them have spent all that time and energy just to let it go for naught. So what's your feeling on that? I think that they're not going to do anything. I think we've seen, they've already showed their hand. They got Congress, right? You have Republican majority in both houses, and they've done nothing to defund it. They've put forth nothing as an alternative. They're just biding time, and it's all about 2016. And, you know, I'm, it's up to us as American citizens to do what we need to do for ourselves. I'm not waiting around for Congress. They don't, they don't care about me. 
They don't care about you. They care about getting back in. And they'll say whatever is expedient to make us think that they're going to do something. The Republicans, in my opinion, got exposed. I don't have faith in any of them. So that's why I chose to do what I want to do, which is to use use the law in your, for your benefit. Cost sharing is allowed. You're not going against anything. You're actually following the law. But in that following the law, you save yourself tons, thousands of dollars a year, number one. You actually protect your privacy because when you opt out and you go into the medical cost-sharing model, you don't have meaningful use. You don't have electronic medical records. Your doctors still have it. I have electronic medical record system, but I'm not linked to a cloud that's going to be, you know, mined for data from insurance companies, et cetera. So if you really do want to protect yourself and and really, I mean, there's a lot of things. For example, if you, for whatever reason, morally, you don't want to subsidize abortion, then medical cost sharing is something that allows you not to have to do it. And I'm not saying I'm against it or for it. I'm saying if anybody has an objection, they should not be forced against their moral or their ethical code for Mm -hmm. expedience. I just have a problem with that. It's about liberty. I don't want to do it. I, I choose not to. You shouldn't have to make me do it. And so this is a way to follow the law, but get something back for it. And for those who think the subsidies are all great, what they don't tell you is that if you make more money the next year and you got a subsidy the prior year, you have to pay it back. And it's coming out in your tax return, number one. And for the states who do these exchanges, the government's helping to fund them for a short period of time. But I think it's at 2025, the government's going to stop giving money and then the taxes are going to go through the roof. So it's, you know, be careful what you ask for. Right. You know, I often wonder what would happen if we just ignored Obamacare and went to people like yourself and went to this Liberty Health and did things like that. I mean, it would almost implode on itself. I I remember remember when they first had the website and they had all this advertising about how to go to the website, mm-hmm. and a lot of people weren't going. I think they started to worry there for a while. And then the people that did go found out. I mean, this is also, they don't tell you this. They might have signed up for it, but they never paid for it, or they did pay for it the first year, and they found out, I can't afford it, so they're not paying for it the second year. Why do you think they keep expanding the deadline? First it was March, now it's April, now it's the end of the year, because no one's signing up for this stuff. Right, right. And I think that is the power that the people have. But but like you said, and like we addressed early on in this show, they just don't know what their options are. No, and they're not told. I mean, if you watch anything in the news... It's just one side of the argument. Join or you won't, you know, won't, won't survive. You have to do it. It's the only game in town. And what you're paying for is the reality from a doctor telling you is you're paying a lot of money to get very little care. And they're going to tell you you should like it. I mean, what, I mean, this is marketing 101. You know, you really just dress this thing up. You've hammered it down our throats. You keep saying it as if it's the reality. And people who don't do their own due diligence fall into the trap. You know, it's, don't listen to what I say. Actually, go on the Internet and start looking. Everything that I set up, it's on there. It's written. It takes time. This is the best time you'll ever spend. Do you really want to spend a couple of thousand a month for a premium and then 4000 plus for a deductible just to come to see a doctor or go to the hospital? You'll never go. So when they tell you that the health care costs have dropped, really it's because people have stopped coming to get health care. They're not accessing it because they can't afford it. That's the truth, not the hype. 
And if you really do get into trouble, you will, you still won't be happy because you'll end up in a hospital where you're getting cared for by somebody who's not your advocate. That's tragic. And they should be ashamed, honestly, that they did this to the American system. Yeah, but we kind of, as as uh, people, we've sort of let it happen, too, by buying into what they're saying. Well, I think now that reality's, you know, sunk in, when you have to cut a check or you don't get your tax return, maybe that'll wake folks up. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, Dr. George, it's about time for us to wrap up. I appreciate the time that you spent with us. Do you have any parting thoughts for the listeners? I, you know, it's all about taking your power back. You know, I decided as a physician, I'm not going to be part of the system, and I'm the happiest that I've ever been because I'm not, I'm not perpetuating this. I'm not part of it, and I feel great. And every patient that comes to see me, they're empowered, and I think you need to seek out doctors who feel that way. And you have to start wanting more for yourself. The government doesn't want more for you. They want you to have less. I decide that I'm worthy. I think that's the goal here. If, once you have that feeling, you won't want to be part of the system. There access to direct pay practices, Liberty Health Share. Use the system, work it for your benefit, and, and let it implode on its own weight. That's how I would do it. Thanks so much, Dr. George. Listeners, today my guest was Dr. Elena George. We've been discussing Obamacare. And until next week on the Truth Seekers radio show, God bless. <laughs>